What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. This week, we are talking all about grieving the dog we wanted in order to make room to love the one we have. And I talked to our fabulous guest, Colleen, about this. She was the perfect person to talk to. She actually made a post on this, and I messaged her immediately after I saw the post and was like, we have got to record an in-depth episode on this. So that is what we did. We talk about our initial expectations of dog ownership, what we thought our dogs were going to be like, all these perfect ideas and expectations we had for them and how they would interact with society. We talk about letting go of those expectations and how we kind of mentally recovered from those. And then we move on to, you know, why this process is so important, especially for reactive dog owners. And, you know, especially for us, you know, Colleen and I, this was our first time having a dog as an adult. And we didn't even know that this type of reactivity, you know, we didn't even know what reactivity was. So we didn't know that dogs behaviorally acting like this was even a thing. You know, the fear that they might go through and like the, the barking and the lunging and all of everything that people consider reactivity, basically. We didn't even know that that was a thing. So then we started going through dog ownership and seeing this in our dogs and everything that we had imagined up in our head is now out the window. And we have to get used to this new life and this new way of living with our dogs. And I think it's Something that a lot of people go through, but not a lot of people talk about. So I was really excited to have this conversation with her and open up a discussion that, you know, really talks about the reality of so many with dog ownership and how it's not always this picture perfect thing. It's not always this picture perfect thing with them. We go through trials and tribulations and ultimately make it out on the other end if you keep working at it and keep practicing and keep building up that relationship but it all starts with this acceptance of what you do have and what you are observing around you and letting go of the expectations that you once had so i talk with colleen she is a designer and illustrator originally from ohio but lives in new york city with her partner adam and their four-year-old bully mix mommy dog miso Colleen and Adam adopted Miso two years ago where they found out she had given birth to puppies and could be very fearful and timid due to the lack of proper socialization. Through daily training and confidence building, Miso's life has been transformed and they now live a very full life in the city. Colleen shares their journey on Instagram and continues to build community around reactive dogs, queer dog owners, and people in the city. If you resonate with this topic and discussion and want to dive in deeper into your thoughts, feelings, patterns, emotions, behaviors, around this topic, then you can get your hands on Growing and Healing, the first ever guided journal made specifically for dog owners on my website, dogmommentality.com, on or after October 31st. Okay, let's get into this episode with Colleen.
No matter the age of your pet, so much planning is involved when setting them up for success, from the hours of training to the socialization to the confidence building. But have you ever considered that the thing causing them a difference in their behavior, whether it's agitation or anxiety, might be a bit more complex than just training? This past year, I began to factor in how Layla's digestion could be affecting her behavior and mood. I didn't previously consider this because it really isn't something that you can outwardly see, nor could she communicate that to me. But after reading her food label, I decided to find a brand that was more balanced, holistic, and fueled her for all of our training and play sessions. But I still wanted it to be convenient for me and all of our trips and even hand feeding. This is when Solid Gold entered our lives. Layla was immediately obsessed with their food and I am equally obsessed with the benefits she gets from it. Up to 80% of a pet's immune system is influenced by the gut, making the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals so important to your pet's overall health and well-being, which, you guessed it, also includes things like their nervous system and behavior. Layla has been eating Solid Gold's new Nutrient Boost line, which is powered by plasma, making it extra nutritious, extra delicious, and providing extra immunity. The added plasma ingredient works to reduce inflammation and increase absorption, making sure that she gets every nutrient possible in her little tummy. And all of this is in kibble form, making it extremely easy and functional for us. Beyond their large variety of customizable food, Solid Gold also makes meal toppers, flavorful bone broths, and supplements. You can snag their products on Amazon, Chewy, Petco, and PetSmart, and find all the details about Solid Gold on their website, solidgoldpet.com. That's also linked in the show notes. Layla assures you that you will not regret checking out Solid Gold for your pet. Hello. How's it going, Caroline? It's good. How are you? I'm good. So good to see you. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. How about me? Yes, you are good. You are good. Are you on your phone? I stole Adam's. No, I'm not. I'm on my computer. Oh, okay. I don't know why it like came up something about FaceTime. I was like, wait, what? I don't know. I'm still like very, very new to this uh, platform, recording platform. So it's uh, like, I'm still learning stuff about it, like every time I use it. So, but yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm so excited. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Did you uh, work today? Um, I... (laughs) No, I mean, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I did. I did what I needed to do. Yes. Fridays are easy. Uh, Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I was going to write your bio and I was going back through some of your like about me posts. And I saw that you were a design and illustrator. And I was like, oh, I don't think I knew that, but it fits you so perfectly. Yes, uh, yes, that is um, my career and my side hustle. So all day, every day, we are in the creative mindset. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be challenging for me. (laughs) I'm like a very, uh, like, technical minded person. I don't know if it's because I just like grew up that way, or if it's like, I'm genetically like, 
more analytical or what, but uh, definitely if I had to be in the creative mindset like all day, I feel like I would go to bed at like 5 p.m. every day. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, there are some days where I just like don't do right the things that I have to do because it's like I get really burnt out. But yeah, we're getting through it. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see how that like would happen. So, you know, kudos to you for for doing that and like sticking with it. Well, something's got to pay the bills, right? (laughs) Right, right. And then you come home at night and draw dogs. So it works out perfectly. Yes. Okay, so how are you and Miss Mommy Dog Miso? And uh, oh, Oh. the thing that I had to tell you is that I'm going to do a pack walk tomorrow with Haley uh from in Cincinnati and didn't you like know her or something before you moved to New York yes yes well actually I actually did not know her before I moved to New York but she um trained one of my best friend's dogs and before I got my dog I remember going to my one of my really good friend's house and I was like oh my god your dogs are like incredible I've never seen such well-trained dogs and that always stuck in my head and then I got Miso years later and I was really overwhelmed, which we'll talk about, but uh, I was like, who, who taught you how to do this? Right. And my friend was like, oh, Haley. And then ever since she's been like a really huge resource for my life with me. So, so Haley is amazing. I've actually never met her in person, but like, she's one of those people that I feel like I could meet and it would be like, we have known each other for forever. So that is awesome. I'm so excited to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm really excited. So I've actually never done a pack walk with Layla. Like as odd as that sounds, I like have been in this game for like two years now, I guess. And last year, I never really felt like, well, probably like this time last year, I would be like, okay, I feel like Layla's ready to go on a pack walk. Like, I think like she'd be okay around other dogs and not be too hyper, not be too playful, like neutrality, whatever. And then uh, in the later months, you know, winter came, holidays happened. And then I feel like all of this year, I have just been overly busy with other things. And so now that our wedding's over, I like made this a priority. I like told myself, I was like, as soon as the wedding's done, like, this is like one of my top priorities with Layla is to go do pack walks. I've been following Haley for a while. Like I've seen multiple things that she's done. I've heard plenty of people talk about her and she is like the way that she does things I trust. And so I was just determined. I was like, okay, the next time that she does it, after we get back from our honeymoon, I will go. Like, I don't care what anybody says to me. If they ask me to do anything, I will be there. So I'm so excited that she's, yeah, she's doing one tomorrow. I was like, I can't wait to go. I'm I'm really excited. Oh my God. Well, someday when we uh, eventually move back to Cincinnati, maybe we'll both be on a pack walk together. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be fun. But I do, I'm like a little nervous as expected because it's like going to be our first time doing something new. And Like, I just, I run through all the scenarios of, like, the what-ifs, but I feel like being with somebody who has had a lot of, like, herding high-energy breeds, do board and trains with her, like, I think, like, you know, I I don't feel judged (laughs) 
<laughs> um, oh, no, not at all. I mean, she's like the perfect person right. to do something like this for the first time with. She's going to have a wealth of knowledge for you. And if anything, I mean, uh, we went on a pack hike last weekend and it was the first time that we had done that with dogs that I didn't know prior mm-hmm. to going into it. So that was like a really scary thing for me. But we also went with a trainer that we work with here who's very similar to Haley. Um, and having her there for things to happen um, and immediately give us feedback was, like, invaluable. Right. Um, and Miso got into a scuffle with another dog, and I felt really, really bad about it. But she was there to be like, don't worry about it. And then I wrote about it on Instagram, and Haley messaged me, and she was like, don't worry about it. This shit happens on my walks, too. Like, it, 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 it shit happens. Right. And it's okay. So yeah. she's like, I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. So she did more pack hikes over the summer. And those are awfully for e-collar trained dogs. Right. And like, yes, Layla is e-collar trained. She like, we, we go hiking and everything, but we've never done anything in that capacity with more dogs. Like, I mean, she, literally more than like one dog, honestly. Uh, yeah. And unless it's like at a park setting where everyone is like seated, like we have our space. But this is like, I didn't want to put Layla in that situation. I thought I would be too stressed to do a pack hike with like dogs off leash. So I was like, we have to start with the pack walks. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. so nervous. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Yeah. Well, that's like really good to know. Like. That I'm, I'm glad I brought it up to you and like we had this conversation like a little pep talk because I was definitely a little bit nervous in the back of my mind I was like you know if stuff happens like it's gonna be okay but then I'm still just my personality is like oh my gosh like be okay oh, be okay it. so and afterward you're gonna feel like on top of the world you're gonna hopefully feel so good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think so I mean like even like last week after that hike like you know, shit did hit the fan, but I still left feeling really like fulfilled and mm-hmm. glad that we were challenged. So even if like it doesn't go perfectly, you're still going to leave feeling like, oh, wow, we really accomplished something together that I was scared to do before. And I think that's right. huge. So, yeah, I think we haven't really challenged ourselves as a team, honestly, like all summer because it's like mainly been wedding planning. Like that's oh my what God, all my that's spare so time has gone to. And so, yeah, I, like, I'm looking for a challenge. Not, like, a lot of pressure, but, like, a little bit of a challenge to push us out of our comfort yeah, zone and try something new. So I'm really excited. What about you? Oh, like, good what? You. Oh, thank you. What are you doing this weekend? Like, what's what's going on in your life? Yeah, so I feel like I... I really love um, meeting up with people and doing like mini pack, like just one other dog pack walk. So we have a couple of those scheduled, but um, Adam dog dad has had a really busy work week and we haven't really had like time to just be humans together. So I would really like to do something like that. So, um, you know, at the same time that we want to like do things with me. So I think that we deserve a little time to do something as a couple, as a family. So Hopefully we'll figure that out. We've got, you know, some chores to do and stuff, but I'm keeping the weekend pretty wide open so that we can just go with the flow. Nice. You can like go out to dinner or get brunch or something. 
yeah, do your chores, exactly. watch a movie marathon. Yes, absolutely. All of those things. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Okay, well, let's get into the topics, the hot topic for this episode. And actually, first, if you could just give a little bit of an intro to who you are, who Miso is, if you want to include Adam, feel free. Just okay. tell us a bit yeah. about you all. Yeah, so um, we adopted Miso two years ago after for years and years talking about getting a dog and then COVID came and we were working at home pretty much full time, which felt like the only condition in which it would be feasible for us to adopt a dog, especially while living in New York City, just because of the way that city life is. Um, and we, I, this, she's my first dog. Um, my family did not grow up with dogs. My sister adopted two dogs, and that's when I started to feel like I actually could do this. Like, if my sister can do it, then I can do it too. Um, but I really didn't know anything at all. So it was hard. It's like, I want to say that I didn't have expectations, but I definitely did because things simply did not turn out the way that I thought it would. So I obviously had some kind of expectation going into this journey. But um, so we adopted Miso two years ago and pretty much immediately realized that she was very under socialized and very underexposed to the world, which is kind of wild that they gave us this dog. We live in like the busiest city in America. Um, they, the rescue did not know about her, I guess. And um, we just had to figure it out day by day. So it's been a long journey of first time dog parenting. It's kind of like we were just thrown into it and we had to just kind of figure it out. But I've been so lucky to be, be surrounded by great people, great trainers who have really shaped our journey for us and made it a really fulfilling one instead of one that's full of heartache and stress. So um, I would not change a single thing about this these past two years. And I am so thrilled that we made the decision to bring her into the family because I've learned an incredible amount in these past two years, like things that I don't think I would have ever learned without her. So I feel very, very, very grateful. Totally agree with things that you would have never even thought of if it weren't for these dogs. Just so wild. Uh, did you like know anything about Miso's history whenever you got her? Like you knew that she had puppies, but do you know where she was from? Yes. So Miso is from Alabama, the rescue that we adopted from. It okay. gets a lot of dogs from the South and brings them up North. Um, we had to do a lot of digging. I actually did not really know that she had puppies until we were like, why does she have like udders? And what, like, can anyone help us out? And then there would be people in the rescue support group who would come in and give us like little like nuggets of information about her. But um, I came to find out that she lived in a backyard. I don't know how long this was prior to when we adopted her, but uh, gather that she was probably under socialized for that reason. I think that she just lived back there by herself and then had, I'm guessing an oopsie litter with her puppies and the previous owner uh, lost his job. So that's why he surrendered them because he was not uh, in a financial place 
where he could support them. So I'm really glad that he made that decision and I don't want to judge him for whatever her life was prior to her surrender. But um, yeah, so that's like what we can gather and I don't want to make too many other I don't, I don't want to make too many other guesses as to what yeah. her life was. Cause it's not really that helpful to us currently. Um, but that is what we found out that she was, she had at least one litter of puppies. We didn't even know how old she was. And we, when we got her, she was really sick. She was really sick for like a month. So it was kind of funny when we went to the rescue to adopt her, we met, we drove there for two different dogs that we met and upon meeting them decided that we probably did not have the lifestyle to fulfill their needs. They were both very active appearing dogs. And while I consider myself active, I don't like go running or Mm -hmm. have a very like sporty lifestyle. So I didn't really see that being a good fit for them especially in the city. And so we asked them for an older dog and they brought out Miso. And oh my gosh. And she was only like two. (laughs) She was two, but she was really sick and overweight. So she seemed, I think, older than she was. But once we shed that weight and, and got her recovered from her illness, she was like a different dog. So it took a minute, honestly, uh, we didn't start training her because of reactivity. We started training her because she didn't want to walk anywhere. And it was mm-hmm. like, hello, like, this is why we have a dog to walk and go, you know, go outside right. with. And she wouldn't walk more than a block. So that was, was that because of like, search. was that because of like fear or like, she just it's like, really hard didn't to want to. To me, it seemed like she didn't want to. She would just like okay. plop down and like want to turn around. But it could right. have been fear. It could have been like I don't know what you're taking, where you're taking me, or what we're right. going to. Um, but she wouldn't walk more than like a quarter mile, and it felt really crazy to have a dog that didn't want to walk. Like you know, you hear all these things again. Everything that I knew or thought I knew was from what I've gathered from mm-hmm. the world around me, and I was like, oh, what's wrong with this dog? She doesn't want to walk anywhere, and. So that's actually why we started to train her. But once she started to gain her health back, then we started to notice her reactivity. Right. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. I think like you said something about you don't want to make too many guesses. And it's like part of our brains like want to know all the puzzle pieces so that we can like come to the best conclusion, like have all the answers. But like some of these assumptions, like you will never truly get the 110% answer to. Like, and that is one of the really hard things about rescuing, I think. Uh, Like, I've never rescued a dog, but, like, we did get Layla off Craigslist. So, like, we don't know who her mom and dad are, for sure, besides, like, what we could tell in the Embark test. And, you know, we don't know their history. Like, a lot of those things. So, not to the scale that you're on, but I do feel like sometimes I want to know those things so that I could like do something different for Layla but it's like I will never know a hundred percent what those answers may be so like why yeah kill myself over trying to figure them out or like make assumptions yeah absolutely and it's like a lot of it could be genetics too like there's right. all variables and it I feel like it's more productive for us. I mean I love learning more about mm-hmm. her don't get me wrong it's it's amazing to learn everything I can but as far as it being productive to our life right now I'm not really sure that it is so I don't like I'm not going out of my way to be like well she was right hit with a broom and that's why you know it's like stuff like that that doesn't really feel productive so yeah 
in that way, um, we just have to move forward and and observe who they are now in order to uh, game plan and strategize how we live our life with them. Yeah. Yep. So we have both had our dogs for two years, over two years. Well, you just had your gotcha day with me. So like earlier this week and ours was at the beginning of this year. So two years and like two and a half years, basically. And one of the things that we have in common is that our dogs did not meet our expectations or like things did not go as planned. Um, And so I know like you've talked about all the lessons that you've learned from me. So there's a ton of that that I've learned from Layla and just from dog ownership in general. But one of the things that we both like really had to go through was mourning or grieving the dog we wanted to like be able to accept and enjoy the dog we have, the dog we actually have. Absolutely. And so that's like what today's episode is going to be all about for those of you that's listening. Um, so I first want to ask you, like you kind of said that you didn't really have expectations because you didn't have a dog growing up, but like you obviously said, like you said you did because you were like, she started doing these things and you were like, what the heck? Um, so I guess like if you could think of anything, um, you know, beyond the, the not walking (laughs) past a quarter of a mile, uh, what were some of the things that you were just like, this isn't how I thought it was going to be, or like this didn't go as planned. So there were, there were many, many things that we came to realize about me. So that weren't living up to the expectations that I didn't know that I had, um, but did have. So beyond her just not really acting like a dog from my point of view I think that there's just so many things that in our society we are shaped by and kind of form our expectations around like I think society presents having a dog as like you are you are going everywhere with this dog. They're really social. They love to play. They love to meet everyone. This is what having a dog is. It's it's a huge responsibility. We've all been told that. I've knew that growing up and I knew that going into this, but I didn't understand exactly what that responsibility would entail, which includes honoring the dogs that we have and honoring all their insecurities. So, I thought that we would be going to dog parks. I thought that we would be, you know, meeting new dogs on leash all the time. I thought that, I mean, I remember even in the month where she was sick, there was this park across the street from our old apartment and I saw someone playing there with their dog and this was still when she was contagious. So I was like, hey, she's contagious, but like, do you come here often? Because I'd love to bring her back and I'd love to play with you. And it's just hilarious that that's what I that's what I thought that I should be doing is like networking to my, make her dog friends with everybody. And everyone is going to be there to socialize with us. And we're going to do all these things and it's going to be amazing. And then to slowly realize that that's not what Misa wanted at all. And she's actually really scared of doing that. And I need to help her work through that as a team. That was like something I had never, ever, ever, ever thought of before getting my first dog. I never thought that there was a possibility that my dog wouldn't want to play with other dogs or that we wouldn't go to the dog park. Like I had mapped them all out in my neighborhood and we've never like stepped 50 feet 
within any of those dog parks. All those things I think I gathered from what America paints a picture of when you think of having a dog in your life. And it was like shattered, essentially, when we brought home this very nervous, timid dog. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, it's really sad to be like, oh, everything that I thought, all these fun things I thought we would do, we're not going to do them now or ever, probably. But she's also really worth it. So it was it was easy to reconcile those expectations, those shattered expectations. I yeah. Say. Yeah. It's a lot of like cost benefit analysis sometimes whenever yeah. it comes to your dog. But at the same time, like for instance, the dog parks, you know, there's like, as I've been a dog owner, I've learned about some of the things that could happen at dog parks, like, you know, the negative side, I guess, of dog parks. And so like, I feel like even if I did, have a well Layla is very social like she's kind of the opposite of Miso and that she's like more like hyper around dogs more playful like doesn't really know her boundaries super well with other dogs and so um taking her to the dog park used to not be a problem but the more that I learned about how it can create frustration for her whenever we see dogs on leash and like the uh, sickness and, you know, germs and stuff that could come from dog parks. Like now, like, even if I had a perfect dog, I don't think I would take them to a dog park. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so I think just like learning over time, gaining that knowledge, it helps us like turn our perspectives so much on like those shattered expectations, if you know what I mean. Um, I, whenever I was typing up these questions, I was thinking to myself, like, where, where did I get my expectations from? Uh, because I, I grew up with a dog, uh, a toy poodle. So he was like very, very small, like could just lift him up if anything was going on. But my mom's boyfriend had an Australian shepherd and she was awesome. She was like the best dog ever. Now, when I first met her, she was probably eight seven or eight like she was older like she was an adult dog and very well behaved super good super well trained and super smart and so whenever Bobby found Layla on Craigslist and we saw that she was an Australian Shepherd mixture I was like oh that's great like Tony's dog is awesome like this dog's gonna be great because they're the same breed and like whatever and so I only like really ever saw the good sides of my mom's boyfriend's dog. Not that she was a bad dog, but like I saw her at her prime, you know, went through years of training, experience, uh, came from a breeder, like he was a good dog owner. And I think that really shaped my expectations because I kind of had this like image in my head of what Layla should be, but it was comparing it to like a seven, eight year old dog and she was a puppy. And so like Layla is really smart. She does pick up on things really fast, but like the things that I wanted her to know, I was like, why don't you know these? (laughs) It's like, you should have came out of the womb knowing these because you're an Australian shepherd mix. (laughs) And I think like that really skewed my expectations a lot is just the comparison to older dogs um dogs that had had years of training uh you know good owners that put them in 
various experiences to get them to where they are whenever I saw them and what I was basing my expectations on. With Layla's reactivity and her nervousness, um, because so she is like confident, uh, like playful, hyper around other dogs. So we've had to work on that neutrality. But where her reactivity comes in is to like unknown sights and sounds can really scare her. And then she's a flight risk. And with that, it's so odd because I feel like I had never seen that in a dog before, like until Layla. And so whenever that started to happen, happen, I feel like I didn't even have anything to compare it to because I didn't even know it was possible. And like, I don't even know how that fits into like what my expectations were, but it just threw me for a total loop because I had never seen it before. Didn't even know like dogs would run away from things. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just like ignorant for me to think like that. I don't know. It's like, it's just so strange because I just remember being like, what the heck is going on? Like, I've never seen a dog run away so scared from something like this. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I under, like, I understood that dogs could be aggressive and I understood that dogs could maybe not get along with other dogs or not really love other people. I had all those understandings, but I, I put faith in asking questions to the rescue, which is not to blame them. They didn't know her, but they, you know, they gave me this idea and I, they have nothing to go off of. I have nothing to go off of, but they're like, yeah, she's going to be great with other dogs. She's going to be great in the city, all these things, they were like, yeah, go for it. It's going to be fine. And they had no idea. And I was just like, okay, perfect. And then when you get home and you're like, you know, settling in with them and it's not turning out the way that you thought it was going to, you're like, did I do something wrong? Did I screw this up? And also for me, I think a lot of the expectations have come from like the media, like especially the bully owner, I see all these dodo videos of like, mm-hmm. look at this pit bull with it, this baby puppy, this pit bull fosters all these baby puppies and look at it. And I'm just like seeing all these and I'm like, oh my God, that is so sweet. You know, like I'm such a big bully advocate. This is before I even had one. And this is why I need one so I can continue to be a good advocate and and we're going to do things just like this. And then really what I learned is being an advocate also means understanding if that's not the dog that you get and and being okay with that in order to, to not put them in situations that they're not going to be comfortable in. I I just, all these things that we consume day to day are experiences um, that are lived. Like your, your, um, uh, your family members, Australian Shepherd, or oh, yeah. my neighbors had golden retrievers, and right. they were like literally perfect angels in in terms of behavior. Um, all of those things shape our idea of what this mm-hmm. is going to be like, and, and every single dog is different. And right. I, I wish that we talked about that more, so that people didn't feel like they've done something wrong or they I I don't know some of these things you just cannot control and it's not anyone's fault right but oh absolutely 
is what we can control. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So I think that like really leads into kind of like the next thing, which you've already talked about it a little bit of the shattered expectations of not being able to go to the dog park and or not being able to like socialize the way that you thought you were going to or network. I love how you said like network for your dog's friends. I thought that was so funny, but it's like so true. Like, you know, you go to the dog park or whatever and your dog makes all these friends. And then every Thursday at 5 PM, your dog always sees this other dog and they're like best friends or whatever. So, and it's like, that's what some people like really love about their dog is like, they, you know, they love that every day at 6 p.m. they go to the dog park, they see their best friend, they like catch up on what their work day was and their dogs play. And like, that's great. That's amazing. And, you know, as long as you're being safe and responsible, et cetera, et cetera, I feel like I have to put that like loophole on yeah. there. Oh, but, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that like asterisk. But um, yeah, like whenever I started to see some of Layla's insecurities and realize more about her personality, I feel like a lot of things, I felt like our world got smaller all of a sudden. And that was like the hardest thing for me because we even got to the point that Layla wouldn't walk off of our street for a while because she was so Mm -hmm. scared of the cars and whatever sounds and sights were going on on or off of our street. So we were limited to our street. Uh, You know, then obviously I was like, well, now we're only limited to our street, our yard. And Mm -hmm. so like, how could I even think about taking her to a brewery or to a patio or like Home Depot or anything like that? Um, So I felt like our world got as small as it possibly could and as limited as it possibly could in those times of her like most intense reactivity. That makes complete sense. And I, I mean, it it felt like in, in terms of, I mean, in general, our, our, it feels like in general, the minute that you get a dog, like your world starts to shrink a little bit because mm-hmm. inherently like you are now responsible for this being, you can't right. just leave for days. You can't leave even all day long mm-hmm. without thinking about this living being that is reliant upon you. Add on top of that another layer of right. having a nervous dog, having a reactive dog. Or having, having a sick a dog. dog. I mean, while Misa yes. was sick, I'm sure that you were very limited. All of those things start to compound and then you're just like, well, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Once we actually start to think about it. Once I can sit down and actually take stock of what we have, like the world isn't as small as, as maybe I once thought it was. And I'm, I, I'm feel grateful to have this experience with her and, and to feel grateful every time that we do get a little bit further out into the world, every time that we do get to push ourselves a little bit, like you going on this pack walk tomorrow, like that's really going to feel like, you're going to forget about the time that you were not able to leave your street. Mm -hmm. Once you're getting through this big thing that you haven't before been able to accomplish. And there is something to be said about realizing that your world can be a little bit bigger than you think it is. I mean, 
it was, it's been really tough to not feel like we can go and do everything that other, I mean, I think even you talk to um, Haley and I love that episode, like jealousy and comparing yourself to other, like even other dog people, because right. like I said, when you just get a dog, it's already limiting in that way. But on top of that, like you can see people who have like really social dogs, really friendly dogs, and they're going and doing all these fun things. Dogs are flying on airplanes. Dogs <laughs> are like going to like bre- breweries that are like super dog friendly and all the dogs are running around and it's really cute. All these things. And you're like, well, man, I really wish that I could do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I feel so grateful for the, I mean, it's weird to say this, but it's like, I I do feel grateful to have had these limitations with her because I feel like it's, it's taught me to one, be more understanding and be more compassionate to other people right. who are also in a similar boat as me. And two, um, it has taught me to take stock of what we do have and all of the things that we can do together and try and, you know, practice gratitude for the things that we are able. I mean, in, just in general, getting to experience life with her is such a gift. So I'm kind of grateful for this um, reactive dog life that we are living together because it's one with a lot of lessons to be learned and um, a lot of lessons that I don't think the average dog owner is presented with all the time. So Totally. I think noticing and acknowledging these limitations as well makes like whenever you do get over them so much sweeter. You know, it's like such a big win whenever you do get over that hump of not being able to walk on your street or getting your dog to walk uh, more than a fourth of a mile or whatever, um, or going to do some of these like first time things or meeting with a trainer. It makes some of those things like so much more sweet and you appreciate them so much more. And I think that really goes along. Yeah. And that like really goes along with like, you know, just being appreciative of what you know now. I heard this like really good saying the other day, actually, and it it just came to my mind. And it was like, being really grateful and appreciative for where you are in your life, but still giving yourself or giving, um, you know, you and your dog, it, it didn't apply to your dog, like the person that was saying this, but it was like, you know, giving yourself, giving your team, whatever, the space to like dream and believe that they're, that you could get there, that you could do the next step, that you could accomplish or have X, Y, and Z. It was like this really, like just finding the balance of being grateful for where you are, but then also like not limiting yourself and opening up your mind to being able to do those other things. And, you know, six months, a year, five years, et cetera. Uh, and finding that really like sweet balance. And I was like, that applies to dog ownership so, so much because, you know, even as you're training a puppy, I feel like I got into this a lot is, you know, I had those expectations for Layla of like what a adult dog should be doing with her as a puppy. And I would like put a lot of pressure on her on us because of that. Uh, I expected her to be perfect in ways that, you know, would honestly take years of training. (laughs) And I highly regret that. I'm not going to get into it because I could talk about that all day. But um, like, 
if I had been in the, if I would have had that mindset of like, okay, we're at this part in our journey right now. She's a puppy. I'm going to appreciate all of her little puppy quirks instead of getting like really frustrated with her not doing a sit stay for however long, whatever. Uh, But then like keeping my mind open. Well, if I keep practicing this, then she will eventually get it instead of just expecting her to be able to do it right then and there. Does that make sense? I feel like that was a bit of a ramble. (laughs) No, I I was just, it it made me think of our really tough walk last night. And it made Mm -hmm. me think about how the, probably the worst thing that I could have done for both of us is to pressure, put pressure on that being better than it had been and creating like, this pass fail kind of mindset in my head about what that walk should have looked like. Um, I don't know if I would have had that mindset a year and a half ago, but now, now that we have come so far, it was a lot. I mean, it was still like a really, really, really rough walk, but I was able to be like, okay, like there are things that she's probably feeling that I don't understand. And there it's been a hard week for me too. Like we, might just not be on the same page right now. We might both be really overwhelmed with our environment and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. We, I don't need to be like, oh my God, our training is ruined. We're regressing all these, like, it's like dooming ourselves. It's okay if we sometimes just get rid of the pressure that we put our, on ourselves and just say, you know what? So, you're crappies. Sometimes we have a crappy <laughs> And it's okay because in the end we're, we are still, we're still working towards like this overall goal of like living a happy life together. Right. It's not like we took a million steps backward. It's just a little bump in the road and we can keep moving. Yes. Yeah. That like past fell mindset that you mentioned. Oh my gosh. I like never labeled it that way, but I definitely used to have that still do sometimes. Um, I'm really glad that you like said that and pointed that out because I feel like I could have easily slipped into that tomorrow after doing our first pack walk. I could have like, I could easily be like, that was a pass or that was a fail, but I'm glad you like brought that to my attention because now I'm going to give myself a little bit more grace. Yeah, it's really, really important to remember. I mean, I tell people all the time to give themselves grace and having to give that to myself is like harder for some reason, but it's really, really important for us and our overall happiness and happiness with our dogs to be able to be like, okay, wait a minute. It, we are good. Everything is fine. Right. Okay. So we've talked about what we hoped our dogs would be we talked about what we kind of missed or what we thought we were missing out on I guess because of who our dogs are their behavior their reactivity and then you had this like really excellent post on mourning or grieving your reactive dog or like the dog that you thought you wanted or the dog you expected and that's kind of what initially brought on this conversation between us in general I thought it was like such a good podcast topic and so it's like people know what mourning or grieving is by definition I feel like but to apply it to like put it in such like a just like in real life kind of way if that makes sense 
because I feel like when you normally think about it, you normally think about something that has passed, something that is not there anymore. But this is like mourning what you wanted to be reality that just never even came. And that I feel like is so much different because you it, it never even happened in the first place. You never even had it. Or maybe you had glimpses of it, but it wasn't like your full-time reality. It's like such a weirder thing to think about than just something that used to be there and now it's not. And so what does mourning or grieving the dog you wanted or the dog you expected, like what does that mean to you? Mourning and grieving the dog that I thought that we were going to get or I wanted, had an idea that I wanted, means knowing that those expectations are not, it's not my fault that I had those expectations. And it's okay that I did have those expectations and it did not work out quite the way that I wanted to. And I think it's always important in human life and in dog ownership to give yourself room to feel things. Like mm-hmm. your, the way that you feel, whether you feel really good about something, whether you feel really bad about something, it's valid for you to feel that way. And you, we all need to give our space, ourselves space to feel those things without without any kind of like, well, I shouldn't feel this way or I should feel this right. way. Like you, we all need to give ourselves room to feel whatever we feel. And once you've sat with that and, and, and reflected upon it, can we give ourselves room to accept the reality that we're living in and even further start to find ways to appreciate it and start to find ways to see the value in the reality that we are in. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there is this expectation, I think just in America, I'm sure everywhere that having a dog is supposed to be like this really happy thing. And sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not, a happy go lucky time. Sometimes it's really not cute and sometimes it really sucks. And being able to feel that crappiness and then release it and mm-hmm. not feel guilty about feeling that way because this is just life, it's really an important process to be able to go through, especially when you have a dog that's really nervous or really reactive and does things that America, again, like this, like pass or fail, good or bad mindset, which I really right. don't like. And I will try to dismantle any time that I can. Um, living within those like conditions makes it really hard to feel like you can fit into the gray area, but we need to celebrate that gray area and, and, and get comfortable in it because largely all of us live within that space. So yeah, I, yeah, it's just being able to be like, you know what, it's cool that that's what I thought, but this is what we have. And so mm-hmm. every single day we're going to work at loving this and loving what we have. And there are so many different thing, ways to do that and so many different ways that I've found to be able to do that in my personal life with me. So. Mm-hmm. 
you summed that up so perfectly, I feel like. So whenever I was thinking about this, I really feel like it first starts with acceptance of like what you actually do have. Uh, because if you don't accept it, then you're like constantly just going to be frustrating yourself with trying to make them a certain way, trying to get everything in control to try to like, just make everything the way that you think it should be, make everything perfect. Um, and that was something that I severely struggled with. And I feel like what held us back the most, um, and it did have to like, have to do with those expectations, um, and so I think like really just accepting that at first, you know, whether it be with reactivity or them not picking up something like in a certain amount of time, uh, whatever the case may be. And so I think like accepting it and then going through all those feelings, like how you were saying, uh, because you do have to have that release somehow, like you said, uh, if you don't release those feelings somehow, it's just going to keep manifesting in your body, in your mind, in your words, in your thoughts, um, literally in, in all the places. And then like after you said, uh, or like you said, you know, learning ways to appreciate the dog that you do have. So I think you you put that together perfectly. Literally, you hit on all the points that I had thought of as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, there's there's plenty of things to get frustrated about in our day-to-day life with our dogs we we don't need to add on top of that this right. like grief about what we could have had or should have right. had it, it's just like give yourself time to process that and then find a way to release it because there are going to be plenty more bumps down the road as it is mm-hmm. yeah I think during that like acceptance process for me of being like, okay, this is like what Layla is and like releasing some of that frustration of what I wanted versus like who Layla is at this current moment. uh, I think that's like when I really started to realize how much anxiety I truly do have over like controlling things, things being a certain way uh how people perceive me because I feel like a lot of this was coming from like how how I wanted other people to perceive me because I saw Layla as an extension of me so she had to be perfect so therefore I'm perfect etc etc like go up the chain um but I feel like during that whole process is when I really realized how much of a chokehold that type of anxiety has on my life and I started to realize it in other areas of my life and slowly but surely have released those um and that was definitely just like such a crazy experience for me whenever I look back on it now and I'm still very much in it today with like different things but I think another piece that you could go through during this like mourning or grieving process is like asking yourself why whatever they're doing or why like this is frustrating you like what why why is it frustrating you why is it bothering you so much like because it's probably not I mean maybe it might be their like certain behavior but it's like why though like why like what's the bigger picture like the bigger picture for me was that Layla wasn't acting 
as I expected. And therefore, I thought people were going to perceive me to be a bad dog owner. And I didn't want to be perceived as bad in any way. Um, So that was kind of like the bigger picture for me. Yes, I completely understand that because I, as a human, am someone that does not do very well with change. Um, I'm thrown into a loop when things don't go as I expected them to. Uh, oftentimes I get really irritated and short fused when this happens. And when I think about this applying to my life with me, so it's absolutely the same, but she is outside of me. And so it's been a lot easier to learn how to quell those um initial I mean it's like I'm a reactive human Uh, yeah right (laughs) learning how to quell those feelings of like initial like ooh, this doesn't feel good I'm frustrated that something is not going the way that I want it to or plans got disrupted or whatever it's a lot easier to apply that with miso because well one I love her so much so it's like okay it's all good we can figure it out. We can roll with the, we can go with the punches and we can ebb and flow. Why can't I apply the same kind of mentality to myself? There's not really a great answer to it mm-hmm. when I step back and look at it from this outside um, lens. If I can, you know, go through my life with me and be like, yeah, things aren't really going the way that I thought it would, but it's okay because life is still really amazing. I can do that same thing in my personal life. It's like this back and forth of I help Miso, Miso helps me in Mm -hmm. a very human way. Oh yeah. A wonderful thing that we have in that way. Oh, a hundred percent. Like all of the lessons that we've learned because our dogs are the way that they are is truly amazing. Like I said, I don't think I would have realized a lot of how like how my anxiety affects me in my life if it wasn't for Layla, like in all the various areas and the littlest things that can trigger it. Um, And if it wasn't for her bringing out the most intense version of it for me, because honestly she did, she brought it out like in the most intense way. uh, You know, I probably would have never been at the place I am today with like, you know, on medicine and seeing a therapist and in, my relationship with my husband, like, that's so crazy to say. (laughs) But you know what I mean, like in in various relationships at work, in my personal life, um, you know, some of those things, if, if my anxiety would have festered for long enough, it could have exploded, and I could have ruined some, some things in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I hate to be like, yeah, my dog is the one that brought up my anxiety the most. She made it so intense. And I was like really struggling solely because of my dog. Uh, You know, it probably wasn't solely because of my dog. I'm sure there were other things, but she was the most obvious reason. But like, no, I'm so thankful for it because I'm in such a good place with my anxiety and my mental health and my well-being because she initiated all that for me. Yeah, absolutely. They are not going to hide the way that they feel. And Mm -hmm. so it really forces us to confront those big feelings that we have around their big feelings. And I am also very grateful. She's 
misos made me grow up in ways that I never imagined that I could because of a dog. It sounds silly to say, I'm sure, for people that do not have this experience, but it's very, very true. Yeah, 100%. Has there been anything that has helped you appreciate or like get to this point with miso? I mean, I think I think it's just based on how forgiving she is and based on how resilient resilient she is and how willing to learn and grow with me. Like she's never given up on me, so it helps me to to reconcile that she's not the dog that I expected I would get. And it's like I, I, it's just, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, you answered it very well. <laughs> you answered it great. Um, man, I think for me, like, definitely, like, seeing other people go through this has helped me a lot. Seeing that other people have gotten to the other side has given me a lot of hope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I probably like the patience that Layla has had for me because, like, like you said, we have big feelings because of their big feelings. And, you know, she has to also be patient with me whenever I have my big feelings. So thinking about that has really helped. Yeah, it's. It's been such an amazing thing to have the community that we have and be able to talk with people and not feel so alone. Because in the beginning, before I was a part of dog Instagram and that whole corner of the world, I felt very isolated. My community Mm -hmm. that was like directly around me, it was not the same. People around me that had dogs, it was not the same thing. Or so I thought. I'm sure that other people have struggled with things that we just didn't know how to talk about at the time. But it's been really helpful to feel like everyone rallies around you in support. And then in your individual life, feel like your dog doesn't hold a grudge if you have a bad day. They're not, like, holding anything against you. They're just – every day it feels easier to just get up and try again because they have that attitude, too. Oh, is Miso sneezing? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna let she she came into the bedroom right before I turned this on. Let me let her out. Once yeah, more. um, <laughs> I heard her sneezing. I was like, oh, how cute. <laughs> um, yeah, Lay, uh, Layla's created right now. Uh, I try to create her while I record record podcast, or else she's like constantly like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, has her head right here. <laughs> Oh my god, I know. Well, I that's another thing. Like sometimes we have these like very human things that we need to do and this is just a part of us giving ourselves time too is to sometimes you're like, I need to put you away for a little bit so I can get something yes. that I need to do done. That also really helps with you accepting your life together. It's like finding those boundaries that you can have even within your relationship with your dog. I mean, I oh my gosh, boundaries yes. for her so much boundaries outside with other people, but it's right. like, even within our home, we need to have boundaries within our family unit. Right. 
Yeah, we, so I actually create Layla every day from like one until five um, to basically just like the later half of my work day after we lunch. And it's mainly just so like I can be solely focused on work and I don't have to like manage her or watch out for anything. Um, And sometimes like she doesn't, she isn't created for like the whole period because if Bobby's here, like he'll let her out, like they'll go do stuff, whatever. But she's created almost every day, like during the day while I'm here. And I know some people don't like they think I'm crazy for doing that. But it's like, oh I, gosh, I no. really need those boundaries. And I saw somebody today on their story say something like they were cleaning, they have a lot of work to do, and they sent their dog to like the daycare or the pet center or whatever they, they were sending their dog to. And they like asked on their story, like, is that weird or like, is that normal? And I was like, that's so normal. And so I like click the poll. And then like the... Uh, you know, poll was like 60%. That's normal. 40%. Like I would never do that. Or I've never done that. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that. Because I do that every day. Like, yes, I don't send Layla to like a sitter, but I crate her every single day while I'm still at home. Um, yeah, okay. that's another expectation yeah. that we thought we were gonna have. I, like, I was like, Oh, yeah, no, that would we I mean, I knew the importance of creating your dog, but I was right. Like, why would I ever put myself before her? Yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny whenever you say it like that. Okay. <laughs> I, that's making me really, really giggle. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. Back on like the whole grieving morning situation with your dog. <laughs> I think like my last question, because we've covered a lot, is do you agree with the statement, you get the dog you need, not the dog you want? I feel like it's very fitting for this episode. Yeah, yes. I mean, for me personally, I believe that as fact. I think that um, I... Uh, when I went to the rescue and I asked for my dog of choice, she was not at all um, knowing who she is now. Mm-hmm. She would, I would not give her to me. That would not be right. like from the time I walked into the shelter and now knowing the dog that I actually have, like I did not ask for her um, in that way. I am absolutely positive that she was the dog that I needed in order to be the, the human that I am today and still mm-hmm. am growing into because she has taught me so many things about not only being a dog owner but also just being a compassionate human to myself and to other people right um, I I think that it can be hard for people to understand that it is the dog that they need. I'm not saying that it's like everyone's immediately going to realize that, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this was this was what I needed all along. I think for a lot of people, you could feel like, how could this happen to me? Like, this right. is not what I expected and I don't deserve this. But uh, I don't and I don't think that I felt that way for a long time. 
actually, I think that I, for a really, really long time first, was not honest with myself about the life that we were living together. And I was not honest about who Misa was and therefore was not 100% capable of guiding us through the world because I was still putting unrealistic expectations on her. And it took a long time to start accepting that this was reality and get with it because life is Mm -hmm. a lot better when we can accept that and find other ways to find joy in our life. But all of these different practices and all of these different mental hurdles that I had to overcome was exactly what I needed as a person. I was so stressed at the beginning and so overwhelmed. Same. And yeah, like I wasn't eating or sleeping properly, which is like, I, those are two things that I could definitely say I'm a professional at doing. And it was like, oh my God, how could this happen? But mm-hmm. now that we've, I mean, I'm, my life has completely changed because of her. And I'm not trying to be like, cheesy about it but it's really true that my whole thought processes has changed my whole um like my values have changed the way I Mm -hmm. move through the world entirely has changed and so yeah I really did need her in my life to be able to do a lot of these things maybe they would have happened eventually but at the speed I mean I think two years like that's a blip when you zoom out of your entire life um the speed at which she pushed me to grow in a lot of different yes. areas is unbelievable. Oh my gosh. I, I so feel that part, the speed at which things came and how I learned and like the pace that I've grown or expanded my mindset or expanded my mind um, and grown my mindset has, oh my gosh, it was like lightning speed, I feel like. But I will fully admit to being the person that asked like, how, how did I get here? Why do I deserve this type of thing? Like, I, I fully remember being like, why does this dog not like me? Why does she not listen to me? Why is, do I, why did I get the dog that like runs away from the stupidest, silliest things? Um, like I've done everything right. How did I deserve this? And like, I'm not going to say I did everything right. But in my mind at the time, I was thinking I, I did everything right. Yeah. And I like I was that person that said, like, how how did I deserve this? Like taking everything very, very, very personally. Yeah, That's been... it's, I mean, it was like kind of hard not to feel like that. And I wouldn't say anyone that does feel like that or continues to feel like that is wrong in that in that thought process. It's. But at the end of the day, it's not really about us, is it? It's Oh my gosh, yeah. We we took on this responsibility and right. I mean, I, now I kind of feel like empowered by it. Now I kind of feel like, I don't know, stepping into the role I needed to for her has been really empowering and I'm so grateful that she gave me a hard time. I mean, you know, <laughs> right? like, they're not giving us a hard time. They're having a hard time, which yeah, 100%. Yeah, that is what was happening. But like, I'm happy that we had that hard time together because now it's like, I don't know, you can feel like a little super person protecting your dog and looking out for them. I'm like, this is really cool. This is really a cool place to be. And 
even if it's just for me so who thinks that I'm like superwoman like that's mm-hmm. a really cool thing <laughs> to do for I her think, I think getting to the place of like seeing it as a relationship versus like ownership kind of thing like yeah less transactional more like relationship and communication like whenever you get to like seeing it like that it really does make a really big difference um I feel like that was a very pivotal point for us and it's like when my compassion and empathy started to grow towards her towards other people towards myself um yeah that definitely came after the accepting and grieving period (laughs) yeah and that's that's so natural right and having giving yourself grace for feeling that way in the beginning is a very necessary part of this Mm -hmm. it's very necessary to be like you know what I felt like crap about my dog and I kind of didn't want her and that's natural yep totally oh my gosh okay oh this has been a really great conversation I can feel my cheeks like getting really tense because I've like been smiling so much sitting here talking to you. (laughs) Um, Okay. To wrap up, I would like to know what having a dog mom mentality means to you. So having a dog mom mentality to me means advocating for her, guiding her through this very human world that we live in and making sure that she always knows that I've got her back, whether we're in a really tough situation or whether we're conquering something and feeling really good about it. I'm always going to be there for her. And that is my job. Love it. I love every single answer that people say for that. So I'm just so appreciative of all of the different like viewpoints and perspectives that people bring into dog ownership into having that dog mom mentality like the open-mindedness and like seeing what values you have you have uh gained from having a dog and applying them in the various ways of your life well thank you so much for coming on colleen i really appreciate it it's my pleasure thank you for having me yeah and if you could tell everybody where to find you on social media, if they don't already follow you, uh, so they can go see all the cute pictures of mommy dog Miso and yes, her and her we, little scarves. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. We are at Miso the Meatball. Okay. And that's also in the show notes, all one word, Miso the Meatball. And yeah, check her out if you want cute dog pics and scarves you could get your miso meter i think is what you call it right of like the mood yes that's on my yes. fridge that <laughs> that magnet is on my fridge so i look at it literally every day um yep yep that's yeah that's my girl she's got uh expressions <laughs> to cover every single emotion Yes, she does. I <laughs> I remember whenever I first put that up, Bobby was like, Who, like, what dog is this? <laughs> Whose dog is this? <laughs> and um, I had to, like, explain it and then show him your Instagram and everything. So, okay. Yes, well, yeah. uh, all right. So if you want to hang out for a second after I stop the recording, I can show you 
a little sneaky peek of this journal if you would like. Oh my god, I would love to. Um, but I'm just gonna wrap up and say bye, and then I can show you some of this if you would like. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and remember to leave a rating and review if you haven't already. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.